Welcome to the Storytellers Tavern. My name is Mush Hughes. And I'm Lee Northup. And together, we talk with makers and artists to learn more about the stories behind their projects and their creative journey so far. Thanks for joining us here in the Tavern. Our storyteller this time is Jacob Darty, a Charlotte area maker and serial hobby collector who is currently focused on 3D printing and lasers. Jacob will be the first to tell you that he loves to make stuff and is terrible at selling it. We tell some stories about nurturing a network, falling into flow, and the inextricable balance of making and sharing. Welcome back to the Tavern. I'm excited to be joined today by Jacob Darty. Uh, again, we're Charlotte Makers this chapter, and we wound up going to Maker Camp and got home from Maker Camp and got a message saying, hey, I was at Maker Camp with you guys, and I live in the same town as you, I work in the same town as you. So we were really excited to connect and uh, finally get a chance to meet Jacob. Welcome to the Tavern. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about what you do and how you got to be doing it. Um, I'm just a general maker, uh, mostly focused on uh, digital uh, making, so 3D printing, laser cutting. Um, do a little bit of woodworking here and there. Um, just a kind of general tinker, not really focused on anything specific. Uh, I've been doing it for the last couple of years. Uh, just, you know, kind of going wherever the interest takes me, picking stuff up. Lately, it's been mostly 3D printing. So it's really neat, and I'm sh I have a feeling that the word network is something we're going to dig a little bit deeper into during this episode, but uh, Grant Alexander is a friend of yours, mm -hmm. and um, he was the one, Mush, that actually came back from Maker Camp and was like, I think these guys are from North Carolina, and, and when um, Jacob reached out to us, it was like, yeah, so you're from North Carolina? We're like, yeah, and that's a state, <laughs> um, and then he's like, what part? And we're like, Concord, and it turns out you live like down the road, which yeah. is pretty cool. Yeah, I drove by uh, your... Uh place of work like every day for years so wow. yeah really close that's cool so uh jacob was actually able to come visit the think tank come visit our two maker spaces that we have on campus and pretty neat that you started with a career in education that was kind of where you were your road was heading uh you art education uh, mushy you don't know that yet but mm -hmm. we got some time to catch up um, I was fascinated by your story as far as kind of what led you down not necessarily away from education but what um, you know kind of got you inspired and I guess that probably that art education mindset is something that turns you into a maker of today uh, yeah sort of like so I, I went to school uh, to be a teacher and in the process decided that it uh, I realized that it wasn't specifically what I wanted to do and I had a really strong feeling that if, it, if you don't want to be a teacher, if you're really not driven to be a teacher, you shouldn't be a teacher because uh, I really disliked having all the teachers and professors that were only there for a paycheck and, and couldn't care less and I think they made the experience worse for me and I didn't want to be that guy for some kid. So I uh, moved away from it and I actually went uh, years without doing anything that I would consider making. Like uh, most of my uh, you know 20s and 30s uh, did nothing. but. Uh, so I'm, I'm an unusual maker in that you hear most people say, oh, I'm driven to make. I always have to make. I'm always constantly making stuff. I'm not like that at all. Mm. I didn't make anything for years and years and years. And then uh, my cousin, uh, who was a contractor, built my house. I worked with him a lot. Um, he died um, about six years ago. And he was about two years older than I am right now. And it was this wake-up call of, I don't have, I may not have much time and all I'm doing is sitting around twiddling my thumbs wasting the time that I do have wow I should do something with that time and it was just like I, I remembered that I enjoyed when I made art 
but I never had the drive to do it. But I felt like, you know, I should find something, I should accomplish something, I should make something tangible to leave behind. So I just, it kind of started with, I don't know, probably doing trim in my house, putting up crown molding, just learning to do it. And then I found YouTube, and I found woodworkers on YouTube. And I started, oh, I can do this. Well, and then I need these tools. And then, so that YouTuber led me to this YouTuber and to that YouTuber. And so it was, it was one project after the other, one tool after the other, one YouTube maker after the other. Eventually led me to your, your usual suspects, Jimmy, uh, Duresta, Bob from I Like to Make Stuff, those sort of guys. And it got me, um, and then I was at work. I'm like, I'm really into this, like this stuff. What else can I do? Oh, they have podcasts. I can listen to podcasts. And so I started listening to their podcasts. And then I think it was... Jimmy says, I'm on, uh, this week I was on the Clamp Podcast with these guys, and they're really cool. So I'm like, well, I'll check this guy's podcast out. And I'm listening to them, and they're like, and we do a weekly Zoom meeting. This was right at the beginning of COVID when everybody was trying to network. They said, uh, we're doing a weekly Zoom meeting. Any maker can join. Here's the, the code. Come meet us up. So I'm like, I guess, I, I don't know if I'm cool enough to be in this group, but I'll go check it out. So I joined this Zoom group. Uh, and for a couple of weeks and then they have a discord like hey, if you've been to the zoom meeting come talk to us on discord well, what's discord it's this thing you know, we, we download that and so fast forward it's been two years that I've literally talked to these people every single week multiple times a week there's a running conversation that has been going solid for two years uh, they're my closest friends you know and it was uh, all makers and they're from multiple continents all over the US you've met some of them that's where I met Grant um, you know half of them have podcasts uh, and it's, it's, it's just like-minded people and it got it got to the point where we stopped talking about making we almost never talk about making on the on the zooms anymore now it's just we're talking about our life you know we're friends mm. and so uh, so that's my that kind of my journey is is meeting those people and they would lead me into, well, you should make this, or you should do that, or here's an idea for this. And, and so it just, it, you know, just kind of growing from there and spreading out and learning new things. So. It's such an amazing story and it's such an amazing journey. Uh, one of my favorite parts is when you describe that moment where you start doing crown molding and then you discover YouTube and then you discover that you need this tool and then you fall down the rabbit hole of like all the different YouTube videos that you have to watch and all the different tools that you have to buy. And all I have to say is it's amazing that every male maker is still married. Like that our wives like actually put up with us. It's Well, see, that's where I have the secret. She does the making too. Nice. Uh, so she probably as much or more than me. So like every time like, should I get a tool? I don't know if I should. you should totally get the tool. Oh yeah. You know, so and we'll we'll go back and forth. You know, this time it's it's my 3D printer, that time it's her leather sewing machine, this time it's my I got getting filaments so she can get fabric, you know, so it's it's back and forth. So like she fully supports. You are living so, the dream, my yeah. friend. Her her cutting boards are better than mine. <laughs> nice. So is there a tool or a project that stands out to you as like crap, there's no going back now, I'm in this? No, the the uh, no going back was I went from basically zero to ordering a laser. And and I don't mean like a I don't mean like a Artur Laser Master 2 $200 Amazon. Mm -hmm. I mean uh, full spectrum laser Muse 45 watt CO2 desktop like nice. full on. That was hey, I think we can do something with this. Should we get it? And she was like, I'm on board. And pop it down. So like that was a we're in now. So we got that. 
and then well we have the laser we've got to be able to break down the wood and stuff so we bought the saw and bought mm -hmm. this bought that so yeah the laser was the laser was the turning point that's, that's a floodgate for yeah. sure so i want to rewind to the to the beginning before the career at um at app where you said you got your your education degree what did you like to make as a kid what were the things that because i feel like there was this hiatus in the middle but then you came and you came back to it but i if you're going to major in art education you had to be excited about making stuff as a kid so what was it that you were excited about making when you were a little guy um i think it was more uh art was the only thing that i could i could lose myself and i could mm. focus on i could do for hours and hours and hours like even once I got to school and I was in the you know the art program at App uh, I was the guy that lived in the studio at that time we had like if you were an art student you had access to the key door you could have you were 24-7 in the art building and I was the kid that was 24-7 in the art building like I could if I started a painting I could just you know what they call it flow state or whatever I would you know hours and miss and it's the only thing I could do that I was like that. Anything else, I was I was over here. I was over there. I couldn't focus. I would right. I would put it off, um, procrastinate. But if I got into an art project, it was I was on it and I stayed on it until it was done. So um, and it was you know always the problem of I think it was Ira Glass who always talked about the taste gap where it's if you're if you're good at stuff like you there's a period where your perception and your taste is better than your talent. And so you always feel like your stuff isn't good enough, and you actually have to work through that and get get to where your skill matches your taste. And so that was always the struggle at school, was constantly trying to, to work and to work and to work to make stuff that I thought was good. You know, and I think that was, that kept me going, was constantly trying to push to make my stuff as good as I thought my stuff should be. Excuse the interruption, a keg just got rolled through Afton Pub and Pizza. That's one of the greatest sound effects that we've had. Oh, nice. It's a nice little, uh, yeah, Afton Pub. It's a nice little place. I like this. I have to swing back back. So you talk about losing yourself, and I wonder how many makers can really relate to that, like those two words. Like for me, it's, it's when I get a nice chunk of wood on the lathe, and I can just like, that's the time I don't care what I'm listening to. I don't care what's going, seriously, the building could be burning down around me and I'm just like so entranced in making something beautiful out of a chunk of wood um, and losing yourself. And I, I really do wonder how many makers can relate to that when we're not so worried about the final product or we're not so worried about um, the video that we're making or the podcast that we're recording, but the actual thing that we're doing and when we just get lost in that art. Oh yeah, absolutely, for sure. So. Um, the other thing that really stands out to me about that first story is, you know, and again, I, I knew we'd come back to it, but that's that word of the network, um, your friends, your people. I really feel like those people, as you and I have gotten to know each other and as we've been talking today, those people are the ones that are responsible for the maker that you are today, like the people that have inspired you. Um, talk to me a little bit more about that network and what that network of makers means to you because I think it's really really special you said to me um, you know I, I don't know if I'm cool enough to be in that group I feel that way pretty much every time I get around a group of rad makers I'm like I, I don't know if I can be here because these people make such amazing stuff and they're such great people and they're just so darn nice <laughs> like I don't know if I'm worthy of being here um, 
but those are the people that you know inspire us and maybe spend a couple minutes on on kind of those people and what that network means to you oh absolutely it, it, it's a it's like having a, a you know a second third fourth fifth brain you know you 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 get stumped on a thing and you can go to them i mean it's one thing to just google something but like if you have somebody that you know and you trust say no this is what i this is the, where i had the problem and this is what i found you know or you, you can't figure out how to solve a problem. Well, they're going to come at it from a different angle. They're not locked in the way that you are on you, what you think, how it should be. They're going to come at it from a different angle, you know? Or, you know, sometimes just pushing me. I'm pretty decent at making stuff. I am terrible at making money. Mm. So, you know, and there's a lot of times they're like, you know, you could do this or you could do this to, to sell that. Or, you know, you should be doing this because this stuff is good enough to sell. Or... Uh, you know, sometimes just the kick in the pants that I need. A, a friend of mine, uh, Dean Duplantis, he's all the time, you know, jumping on me. You need to get that, like, you can do this, or this is where you should focus. You know, they constantly they have the, the, the knowledge of the making, but also they don't have the... It's like you're always able to see somebody else's relationship problems because you're not in the middle of it. <laughs> sure. you know? you're, all, you're always able to solve somebody else's problem because you're not invested and locked into how it should be done so having a whole group of people like that that are not only like they're friends but they also have the similar interests they, they know what I'm going through when I get stuck on a project they know what I'm going through when I'm trying to make a thing because they do the same stuff so their advice isn't the same advice that your buddy's going to give you or your co-worker that may not have that same experience you know what i'm saying because they're in it with you uh so they can tell you yeah real world experience like about a table saw or about you know band saws or you know about doing this project because they're in it too so it's like having a friend who's also similar experience of you it's invaluable i empathize with that a lot um i love learning new stuff well enough that I could either teach it or get other people, most of my students, excited about learning more about it. And I'm really excited when they know more about it than I do, because that means that I've, I've lit some sort of spark that they run with. Right. But that, like, being able to be good enough at it more than just to, to show it and show the mess ups, but show it and do it and have something that you're proud of and that somebody else likes good enough to buy, and that's that's scary to me right now, and I, I know I'm not there, or at least I think I'm not there. I know that I'm not comfortable being there because I'm so much more comfortable with the I don't know if it's a safety net, but the expectation that messing up is part of doing it, right. and that there's no pressure of having to get it perfect or perfect enough for someone else to say, yeah, I find value in that. Right. I mean, it's uh, you know, you're in, you guys are in a perfect position because if you want to truly learn a thing, teach the thing. Because like you really have to like to be able to successfully teach it, you have to you have to know it. You have to be able to break it down to its its root, your, its components. You know what I'm saying? You have to be able to to dissect it and understand the fundamentals of it. So in a position where you guys are having to teach a thing, you can't just watch a YouTube video and like, oh, this is how you know press this button here, do this thing there, and you're and you're good to go. You have to know why those things work why like why does this thing lead to this other thing so it forces you to dig in and learn the stuff really learn it and like like you know be able to pull it in and really get it so that you can then on the fly answer questions and get it out so i mean if you want to yeah if you want to learn 
to make stuff, teach making stuff. So. Yeah, you got you to be able to not only anticipate your own mess-ups, but mess-ups that you would never there think you that you would make yeah. that other people are definitely going to. Oh, for sure. One of my favorite posts from you from Instagram was, and it's way back in your feed, uh, but as I was getting to know you, I guess that's like what you do as far as character development. You you go through somebody's Instagram feed to figure out the person they are. But if if you want to stop making crap, you got to make a lot of crap. That that was that was early on in your Instagram feed. Yeah, yeah, that was um, Andy Berkey, who is an incredible uh, artist. He does um, some of his most impressive stuff is these old like gothic. He'll do in like churches, uh, like you know the big ornate altars. These huge, huge projects, and. Uh, He's a pretty uh, well-known maker. He's tight with a lot of the, the maker community. Didn't know him from Adam. Uh, and I, he was on a podcast that I listened to, and he uh, said a thing about uh, making uh, uh, canvases, stretching canvases for artists. Well, I had an artist in Charlotte that asked me if I could make canvases for him. I'd never done it. So I said, wait, wait, this Andy Berkey guy had said something about that. And this is, again, this is like within weeks of me getting Instagram. This is within weeks of me doing I knew no etiquette, no what to do. So I just messages, hey, I heard you uh, said this thing. Uh, what should I do in this situation? And he says, I don't like to text uh, Instagram uh, video me. And he gets on, and we have a video chat for an hour and a half where he walks me through all of these woodworking processes and shares all He had never met me. My first message to him ever was two minutes before he gets on an hour-long conversation wow. with me and just spits, like, knowledge. I mean, years and years of experience just giving me this and giving me that. And if you're working in this situation, blah, blah, blah. And I was absolute novice. And he was giving me more than I could take in, but, like, answered every single question. And he was, like, I mean, absolutely embodiment of everything I found in the maker community of wanting to share that information. Like, now, I've been on the periphery of the art community uh, and you don't, like in fine art, a lot of times it's not like that. My special technique is my special technique. You know, I, I want to keep this stuff to myself. And a lot of like niche hobbies and stuff like that are like that. If somebody finds a thing that's like a, a technique that makes their stuff special, oh, they, 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 sure. they, they, they hide that. They, they covet, covet it. it. They yeah. covet it. It's their pearl. They don't want to spread it. Not the maker community. Mm-hmm. Maker community, if I know something, ooh, I want to tell everybody about this thing I just figured out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's, and so Andy was the embodiment of that. I just, I, he didn't know me. And he was willing to spend the time teaching me. And, and that was just, I, he said that off the cup on a podcast. I thought, man, that's, that is a great quote that really drives to the heart of what you've got to do to make, you know, so. The last episode of chapter one was Brett McAfee and what you're describing of just a maker that wants to share that knowledge. Like Brett was that guy for my first year at Maker Camp is I'm sitting there with a forge and a hammer that I have no idea what to do with. And Brett is just like, dude, I'm going to teach you everything that you need to know for day one of blacksmithing. And it was just such like, again, am I cool enough to be hanging out with Brett McAfee at day one of, you know, maker camp? No, but he, he, 
took an interest in teaching me those skills that he had and he wanted to you know he wanted to be like dude let's let's learn this thing and i was like i was very touched by the fact that he spent so much time with me teaching me how to make this really stupid hook that i have in my classroom but i love it because somebody took the time to teach me something and that was really cool oh man brett we i was at maker camp in 2021 and i think it was they were making the were hook. we sharing a forge we <laughs> might have been very possibly and okay so brett is on the um uh, Fools with Tools podcast with uh, Al and um, uh, Steve from Moonshine Metalworks, right? And they had talked about, you know, Steve worked with uh, Alex Pohl, uh, uh, Alex Pohl Forge, the Forge UK, um, and they had put out a book on blacksmithing, blah, blah, blah. They were talking about, like, if you want to be able to learn the fundamentals of blacksmithing, one thing you should learn is how to make a nail, an old-school blacksmith's nail. Sure. Uh, it teaches you uh, drawing out or, or tapering. It teaches you upsetting, uh, hot cutting, a lot of skills to make a good nail, right? So simple. So everybody's there at the blacksmithing and maker camp, and, you know, people want to do the hooks or people want to do the curly cues or people want to do, you know, knives or whatever. You're when like, they get them I want to make a nail. Right. I walk up to him. I'm like, okay. He's like, because everybody's doing basically the same hook. I said, I walk up to him. I said, Brett, I want to make a nail. I want you to teach me to make a nail. And he got visibly excited. <laughs> he was like, yes. I will. Okay. All right. Grab this, grab that, blah, blah, blah. We are going to get you to make a nail. And, like, I mean, he was just so enthusiastic of yes thank you i've been waiting for somebody to ask me that you want to like learn let's learn the fundamentals and got on it and showed me how to make a nail to be fair i have still not made a good nail (laughs) (laughs) but i've told him i've made so far i've made 23 or 24 attempts a couple of times i've been able to get to a forge my goal is to have a good one by number 100 because i've got my first one i told him i'd mail in my hundredth one nice i'm not there yet but I'm going to get there eventually because Brett showed me how to make a nail. I so. can see Brett's face as he was so excited about that. But, but he, again, it's just another one of those makers that embodies that, like, hey, I'm going to teach you how to do something really cool. And, you know, you talk about, again, I'm going to throw out the word network, but you talk about all those people, and it's everybody that we, we get in this community, which is, which is so darn cool. So you talked about your first experience at Maker Camp. Are you going back this year? Uh, that is the plan. I've, I, I put my deposit down for Maker Camp 2022, but unfortunately, uh, due to life stuff, I wasn't able to make it. Mm. So they, they were nice enough to move my reservation forward a year, so hopefully I've already got a room prepared. So I'm, I'm, my plan is... At Maker the Weldon Camp. House? Uh, no, mine is, uh, <laughs> mine is the... Uh, I'm in one of the ones that's right on the edge of the, mm. the, the field there. So it was nice. actually a pretty nice little room. Uh, so looking forward to going back to, uh, to the Black Thorn. Awesome. Maker Camp 2023. Well, Jacob, this has been an awesome conversation. Where can people go to find out more about you and what you do? Uh, pretty simple. I don't have any YouTube. I don't do much of anything except for other dog design uh, on Instagram. Cool. Right on. Well, as is tradition, we would love for you to close this out in a toast. Okay. Let's see if I can remember this one. Um, uh, may God bless our friends and our enemies. May he turn their hearts. And if he can't turn their hearts... May he turn their ankles so at least we know them by their limp. Nice. Cheers, boys. Cheers. Thanks for having me. We just heard from Jacob Darty. You can check out more about him and what he does by checking out his Instagram at otherdogdesign, which is linked in the show notes. And that does it for this episode of the Storyteller's Tavern. 
We hope you enjoyed and we'll join us next time. Until then, you can find us on Instagram at sttavernpod or at storytellerstavernpod.com. That's tellers with an S at the end. If you or a maker you know have a story that you'd like to share at the tavern or just want to drop us a line, you can send us a message on Instagram or reach out to us at contact at storytellerstavernpod.com. But until next time, keep making cool stuff, do good, and be well. Hey, before you go, we just want to give another big shout out to Afton Pub and Pizza here in Concord, North Carolina, who are making this whole chapter possible. Uh, If you ever come to visit, chances are good that you'll wind up here. Uh, But until then, you can check them out online at aftonpubandpizza.com. Thanks, everyone.